0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Couch Politics. I'm here today. Uh, my name is Justin, uh, and I'm here today with Manny and Daniel, two of my friends. Say hello to all the folks out there. How's it going, guys? Hello, I'm Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so today we're going to uh, talk about the current uh, group of Democrats that are running or planning to run in. 2020 we're going to talk about at least eight of them today or at least briefly look at um who they are and and basically some of their stances and whether or not we think that they will um or have a possible chance of actually getting the nomination for the democratic party so um first one we'll talk about is pete uh budajek i think his name is um he is a mayor of south Bend. um i believe it's um Um, he's from the Midwest. He's the first openly gay candidate running for the Democratic Party. Um, he's a millennial at 37, so he's just two years over the minimum um, age you have to be. Uh, basically, he is looking to bring some youth to the White House. He's the first veteran of the Afghan war, served as a Navy Reserve officer. Um, and basically, he said that he's a good candidate because he won in the a, in a, um, he won. His his mayorship, um, basically in a place where it was mostly conservative, so he thinks that he has a has a chance. Some of his quotes are that we can look for greatness in the past, but right now, uh, the country needs a fresh start. Uh, then there's Julian Castro. Um, he's the former Secretary of Home Urban Development. Um, he's the child, children of immigrants, former Mayor of San Antonio. He made a keynote speech for Obama in 2012 at the um, Democratic National Convention. Um, he was in the running for Clinton's VP, but of course she didn't choose him. Um, and so far he's the only Latino to um, put forward his uh, candidacy for the, for the uh, nomination. Um, he is of Mexican-American heritage, but he isn't fluent in uh, Spanish. So uh, he's been using Rosetta Stone um, so to, to learn some more. And um, he is for good government, education, and uh, uh, thinks that climate change is very important and actually uh, the biggest threat to our prosperity in the 21st century. Uh, there's uh, John Delaney, who was the youngest. Uh, he served as representative. Um, he served as representative from Maryland. I believe he's still in that position. And he actually launched his um, campaign in 2017. So he's been doing this for a while. Um, and he was uh, the youngest CEO in the uh, New York Stock Exchange in 1955. And so he's running for things such as the universal health care and, of course, climate change is a big thing for him. Then there's uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who is a, a vet, um, a, a war veteran uh, with the, well, with the Hawaii National Guard. She served in Iraq. Um, she's against interventions. Um, she is serving in Congress now. Uh, basically, she wants to uh, invest in infrastructure, a green economy, health care for all, sober liberties, privacy, support for smaller businesses, criminal justice reform, sustainable agriculture, and breaking up the big banks. So the other candidate we have is Kirsten Gillibrand, she's a senator from New York. Um, she's done a, a lot of stuff. Her website had a lot of things that she's done. Uh, she... Um, has been fighting for good-paying jobs. A um, product stamp with uh, the words "Made of America," small business in the state of New York. She led an effort to repeal uh, "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." Wrote the STOCK Act, which made it illegal for Congress to financially benefit from inside info. Um, she was on the Senate Armed Services Committee. She fought for uh, reform for the justice system, and she is uh, she was chair of the Armed Services Subcommittee, and um, also. Introduced um, the Family Act, which would create a national paid leave program for all American workers. And uh, yeah, and then uh, we have Kamala Harris, um, who is a junior, who is a senator from uh, California, second, thirty-second attorney general for the state of California for 2011-2017. Um, she is uh, she has done a lot of stuff as well, gained a lot of popularity recently. Um, she is for decriminalizing marijuana and is co-sponsoring a bill uh, with Cory Booker called the Marijuana Justice Act, which seeks to um, basically require federal courts to expunge, like, acts, uh, basically uh, crimes concerning marijuana if you were using it um, or, um, or found it within your possession. Um, opposed to the death penalty, cares about climate change, um, she has support for voters, the NRA egg the, NR, yeah, the NRA gave her an F for gun control, so she's very strict on gun control. And she wants to cut taxes for the middle class, middle and working classes, and of course, tax the, wealth, the wealthy a bit more. Um, there's also Elizabeth Warren, uh, who needs no introduction. Um, she and Trump have been feuding for the last couple of months. Of course, she leased her DNA, and that was a big thing. Uh, but she actually, I just read something on CNBC. Um, where she just she was introducing a tax bill or a wealth tax that applies to people who have over fifty million dollars in assets, um, and supposedly it would save uh, it would collect two point five trillion dollars over ten years, but it only affect about point 0.1% of households in the United States. Um, she's for of course um, reducing uh, climate change, uh, well yeah, reducing climate change emissions, fighting for consumer rights has been a big thing, and even with her fighting for consumer rights. Uh, she still says that she is a capitalist and is capitalist going through, but she wants, um, capitalism to be fair. And last, um, um, who kind of very interesting was Richard or, or Jega, I think his name is. He's a, a, senator from West Virginia, uh, was in the armed forces from 1998 to 2013. Um, he actually did vote for Trump, but he he regrets it. And, um, he had a very interesting, um, thing on his, uh, Website basically, he wanted to um, basically has this thing called service requires um, that basically uh, to serve you require sacrifice. Yeah, service requires sacrifice, and basically has some guidelines. And basically, what he wants to do is says one of them was anyone elected to federal office or to cabinet must sacrifice any net worth over a million dollars to a charity of their choice. Um, when they retire, they can only they rec- collect a pension of about $130,000, and another $120,000 is also available to them. I'm not exactly sure how. He doesn't say how on his website, but he only wants them to collect. In his words, he says, if you really want to sell your country out to Big farmer, you will only get in return for that is $120,000. Um, he also wants elected officials to have the same health care benefits as everyone else. So no special privileges for them when it comes to that. And yes, more mission statements to be announced in the future. Um, basically in 2018 was a vocal for teachers on strikes that were happening, legalization of marijuana, Mary Kate for All, um, anti-lobbyism for government, and also wanted accountability for government officials. So those are the eight that um, I found. Um, Daniel, you said you found uh, one more?
1: Yeah, there is Andrew Yang, uh, okay. age 44, former executive, uh, former tech executive who founded an economic development nonprofit. Um, he supports ideas like, um, um, well, universal basic income. And uh, that's basically his, his key issue of, Establishing a universal basic income of $1,000 per month for all Americans. Uh, it doesn't seem to have any of their political
0: background. Okay. So, so that's the field so far. And I think there are like some other people who may be running um, soon. Um, but those are the big names that we have so far. So basically, I'm going to start with you, Manny. What do you think about the current crop of uh, uh, Democrats stepping up and saying that they want to run in 2020? Well,
2: I think from that list, um, there's only two people who are serious uh, contenders. I feel like like the true like contenders have yet um, have not yet announced their candidacy. Um, like I see like Mella Harris having a chance, but um, and Elizabeth Warren, but th- that's pretty much it. Like I see no one else having a chance. Uh, at the presidency. F- um, f- from that list that you mentioned.
0: Okay. Um, do you think that any of any of them besides Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren would win the Democratic nomination, not the presidency, but the nomination coming up? No, no, no. No, no I mean,
2: first like. I feel like you have you need some sort of name recognition um, in order to get the nomination. And now I know there's certain circumstances that in which somebody came out of nowhere. I guess it's fair to say that President Obama kinda came out of nowhere and uh and got the nomination. But um I think this time around, you have to have some sort of name recognition in order to get the nomination. And right now, um, I only see Elizabeth Warren and, and Camilla Harris having that name recognition. So that's the reason why I think everyone else um, has no chance, in my opinion.
0: Okay. Not not even uh, Kirsten Gillibrand from New York?
2: No. No, I, I you don't, think I she don't know. That's
0: this... a uh, name of recognition.
2: Well, she has the name of recognition, but I don't think she has a, uh, a chance at the nomination for other reasons. I don't know. Like, I feel like her personality always comes off as her being too strong. Um, kind of this tough, uh, this tough personality that I think isn't going to really uh, resonate with people that much
0: okay and yeah, you um what what do you think do you who do you see in this crowd that we have here including um the one you said Andrew yang who you think um has a chance at securing the nomination for the democratic party
1: well i i think um at first i was kind of hesitant and didn't like um hearing about kamala harris but when i look into it um as far as the person who has the most uh, experience as a senator, and also uh, does not seem to have too much um, too much going on in terms of Twitter, like I would say, Kamala Harris over Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, although she's very popular for about five years now, um, her um, the, the way she's interacted with President Trump um, has really been not good for her uh, for her PR. And um, besides Kamala Harris, I could think of other people who have yet to announce her candidacy. Mm -hmm. I I am interested in seeing how Julian Castro actually uh, sells himself. To me, he seems to have just about as much experience as uh, President Obama did when he started out. Um, But uh, Obama was a, uh, a U.S. senator by the time he w- ran for president, and he gave the keynote address in 2004. Um, the person who gave the keynote address in 2016 happens to be um, Senator Cory Booker, but he hasn't announced his candidacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one interesting thing to note is, um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but, but Boutier. Or, yeah. He... Um, I actually know somebody from the town that he was mayor in. So he seemed, I saw an interview with of him um, in uh, Chris A's show, and mm-hmm. he seemed pretty commanded. Um, I guess he commanded the interview pretty well. One um, question about his experience, he said that he has more military experience um, than President Trump and the vice president did um, combined before they entered office and also more um, executive experience than uh, the president, and also, I believe he said something else about uh, the vice president. So I'm interested in seeing what he does, mainly because I know somebody who is from his town. But yeah.
2: I have one criticism Mm -hmm.
1: from him though. Um, The fact that he said that
2: he kind of conquered a Republican, uh, you know, a Republican Area or state, or I mean he's the mayor of a city, but right, like if you ever go to South Bend, South Bend isn't really a conservative city I mean like you have a uh, um that's where Notre dame is, which I mean we all know most universities lean to the left, so i'm sure i'm sure I'm sure that the students voted for him, and the city itself is not really a conservative city, so I won't like give him the trophy on that necessarily as right. As coming off as some sort of, uh, you know, of sort of like a Republican voter, uh, a conqueror in a way. Okay. Right.
0: No. Right. Okay. So, um, and, way- and, and,
2: and no, actually, uh, I kind of, um, what's her name? Uh, Atosi. Yeah, Atosi Gabbard. Gabbard. Yeah. Um, like, I also believe that, that physical appearances matter. Okay, and based on her physical appearance, I feel like that helps her because she, like she's younger, she's an attractive female, and I think that helps too when it comes to voters.
0: Okay so for for me personally this is this is how I see it, and I, I basically agree with with you on the fact that Kamala Harris and um Elizabeth Warren seem to be the strongest in the crop so far, um, with Pete uh, Buttigieg, um, I think that he is still a bit too, too green at this point for a lot of boulders to get behind him. I think basically this is going to help him further his political career, but I don't think he's going to have much of a chance in, in this election just because he's so green. I can't see him beating out the veterans unless something really big happens. Um, Julian Castro, I feel like if he was to win, the Democratic nomination. Um, I feel like he wouldn't win on the national level just because of his last name. Um, I think it's too easy for people um, who may not really pay attention to politics and maybe just hear the periphery to hear the name Castro and immediately put that with communism, especially since people, the Democrats are going to be pushing pretty progressive things, whoever is going um, forward. I think that's going to be a bit too much. Um, for on a national level, for him to to get enough people behind him, um, especially people in the middle, perhaps. Uh, John Delaney has been running for supposedly announced his candidacy in twenty seventeen, and I'm just not hearing about him, so that's a failure. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, she herself, um, she has a little, I think she, she, her one part of her family was in something that I think it was like the Alliance for Marriage or something that was, was against gay marriage. So that's going to be something that hurts her moving forward with progressives. So I think she's out of the running too. I don't think yep. she can win without having a majority. I don't think any candidate can move without having a lot of progressives behind them. So unless she can somehow navigate around that, I don't think she's got it. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand, um, maybe she would be like my number three spot just because I think she has New York behind her and and New York carries a lot of weight. Um, She's actually done. Look, she has a lot of things that she's done. Uh, So she has like some experience to back her up. So I think she's, she is a candidate. So I'll put at least number three. Uh, Kalamala Harris, I think is another great candidate. Um, I really don't see anything stopping her going forward, but I think moving forward, um, onto the national stage, I think for any of these candidates, unfortunately, it's going to be I think being a woman is going to be something that may hold her back uh, from pulling some people from the from the right or from the left too, who may be um, not so happy about having a woman politician as the president. I think that may hurt her, but who knows? Maybe um, things blow her way and she's able to overcome that. Uh, Richard Ojega. Um. Uh. He has the most interesting one, but uh, I like some of his service required sacrifice mission statements. But if you voted for Trump, that I think that's an automatic no, no, no kill. No one's gonna give you the time of day. Um. And Elizabeth Warren. Um. Actually, I I think she's dead in the water too. To be honest. Um. Actually, Alcorn has number three, Christian Gillibrand so over her, just because I feel like the whole DNA thing that came out. Trump already uh, basically has her with the whole Pocahontas thing. Uh, I think, I don't think she's going to be able to, if she makes gets the nomination, she's going to be able to pull up against Trump at all, um, unfortunately. So that, that I, I, I kind of agree that Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris are the two big ones, but I think you also right now have to include Kirsten Gillibrand in there too.
2: Well, I was going to ask, um, like, which of these candidates do like, you guys think um can pull like republican voters like you know can bring in
0: any trump voters to the left which of those candidates so basically who who you think is going to be the more attractive for someone who's going to republican right in the past but right who's going to be more attractive
2: for a republican voter who who um
1: you know, who
0: doesn't want to vote for
1: Trump. Trump. Right.
0: Um, Dan, you want to go
1: first? Well, I don't know who, but I know one thing that they need to focus on. Um, so when you look at a lot of these Democratic uh, positions, let's say if I look up on Wikipedia, the Democrat positions, I see uh, um, talk, things about environment, things about drugs, uh, um, abortion and health care, immigration one of the things that made Obama popular among people who, who vote for Trump is the, that he um, actually went um, he went and met with people he, uh, who were losing their jobs due to um, jobs going overseas. So I think the, the, the person who focuses on that job problem with, um, I, I would say, the working class, or as some people have said, the white working class, I think if a candidate actually addresses that, and it would make them more uh, popular among Republican voters.
0: Um, For me, I think that like um, I I think that the person is is really hard because with this with this group of people, I, I feel that most of them don't will have a very hard time pulling over, especially since a lot of them. Almost all of them in some way or form deal with or talk about climate change. I think the only one that didn't have that as a big part of this platform was Richard Vega. Um and I hope I'm saying his last name right. Um but every all the other ones were basically saying we have to find some way to fix climate change. And for a lot of Republicans, climate change isn't happening. It's not a big deal if it is happening, or if it is happening, it's not man made um problem. So whatever. Um but i i i don't know i mean i i feel like a minority candidate um isn't probably wouldn't pull have that much of a pull i don't think that a woman candidate would have that much of a pull so uh of this crop i i find it very hard for any of these to kind of pull if anyone it probably be i think richard ojega maybe and only because he's a veteran um he's from west virginia he voted for trump last election but um, I don't think he has any chance of winning the nomination. Yeah, like I believe that in order for a
2: Democratic candidate to win the presidency, they have to run on the issue of jobs and the economy. That's the only way that they're going to win the presidency because in the last three elections... um that has kind of been the deciding factor and and who wins the presidency. That's the reason why a lot of these uh like independent voters voted bowl for Obama and a lot of those same independent voters then voted for Trump because they they listen to two people who are offering jobs and change to them. So if that's the message for a
1: Democratic candidate, then they can bring um they're gonna win the presidency pretty much. Um, I mean, I, I totally agree that jobs is one of the main issues. Another thing that I noticed and I remembered from the Obama, um, Obama's um, primary election is that he also campaigned on being the president of not the blue states of America or the red states, but the United States. So I think people who have a record of being divisive or or partisan may not hold well. Um, I know, so Elizabeth Warren, for a lot of the um, things that she's done that makes Democrats happy, I've seen also her um, being uh, very, uh, well, put in a very negative light in in Democrat, uh, in, um, in right-wing media and things like that. One thing that I just thought about, and one thing I just noticed is that um, as I know, you mentioned him before, Julian Castro. He was the former housing secretary. I think, if if anything, he has some sort of uh, inside knowledge about how it is for the everyday person and how complicated it is to actually make things affordable. Um, now I was going to say that. Like, I think
2: Daniel brought an interesting point, um, and kind of. Obama saying that he wasn't president of, of, of the blue states, the red states. Like, I think also that candidates who kind of bring a sense of, of patriotism, um, like those candidates also tend to win. Like, I mean, Trump's slogan was make America um, gray again. It kind of um, made some Americans feel proud again to
0: be Americans. OK, so now this uh, assumes, of course, that this candidate wins the Democratic Party and that he makes or she or she makes it to the can- the you know, makes it to the president, the presidential run. Um, but do you think that any of these people can win Democrats over? Because that's what that thing went first. And you see a split between establishment moderates um, and progressives. So um, a, a candidate now not only has to kind of appeal to the establishment, but he also has- he or she has to also um, has to also appeal to the progressive side as well. And what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of Democrats have really progressive platforms that they're running on. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. So, Danny, there were some candidates that you thought may not be able to uh get the 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 the, the um democratic nomination. Um who are those and why do you think so?
1: All right. A candidate who will not be able to get the Democratic nomination, um well I, I suppose I am thinking that a Democrat who can't get the Demo- uh, Democratic nomination will be too heavily into will be too heavily establishment or too heavily left and um So I think it's kind of a, who is too much like Hillary or too much like Bernie? Um, I think that uh, Elizabeth Warren is um, very left. I'm really curious to see what everybody, how everybody um, dukes it out on the debate stage. Well, yeah, Um,
0: it's quite interesting because she just announced this wealth tax, you know, not too long ago. 1% of Americans, according to CNBC, 1% of Americans... Uh, in the U.S. actually receive 20% of the total income in the United States, while 1% of Americans uh, receive or have 40% of the total wealth in the United States. So it seems by this wealth tax, you're kind of dipping into like a bigger chunk of the pie. But it sounds very, very progressive. I would say even a bit more progressive than even what AOC
1: has said. Right, right. I mean, that, that sounds like not only does she want to tax your... What you take home from your job, but she also wants to tax what you got in the bank already. Yeah, she
0: wants to tax. okay, so you got capital assets, you got houses, you got you know, so that that's a lot. That's a lot of extra money, right? Uh, I think dipping into. I mean, it's still only effect, supposedly, according to CNBC, point one percent of households in the United States. Um, but yeah, and they want to use of course this money to fund you know different stuff. Um, so Well,
1: well I, I wonder if there's any sort of um, analogous policy in other countries and see, I wonder if that is a policy that has been successful in different places. A person that I think that um, that wouldn't win, well, the Democratic nominee nomination is Gabbard because of her, um, what appears to be um, anti-gay stances in the past. Well, very explicit anti-gay stances in the past. And also, um, well, I think that uh, boots is going to have a difficult time, at least if he got the nomination um, to win over voters on the other side because he's openly gay and I'm not sure what the state of the country is at this point mm-hmm. to support an openly gay up candidate. Um, as I said before, with Warren and Gillibrand, at least I've, I've heard, I guess the more... Um, the more mud I've seen be- being thrown around between the candidate and Trump, the less likely I feel like they would win. Um, I I still continue to see um, Harris as like Kamala Harris as sort of a no nonsense candidate who um, has a lot of experience as an attorney general, and I think that would be very valuable. Um, Let me tell you something. Like for the exception of
2: those. Um, top two candidates mm-hmm. that you said, Justin. Like I don't know. Like everyone else, like just bores me. Like I don't know. Like there's nothing, nothing exciting, exciting about them. That I kind of no I don't find nothing exciting. I mean, it could be because yeah, I like barely know. Yeah, I barely know things about me, them. But to... as of right now, as of right now, there's nothing that kind of encouraged me right. to vote for them the election was today um and yeah and so yeah i mean like i know things will probably change right but once these people like, are on how they, like, like when they run debate, ah, right like The debate stage of yeah yeah you know it's going to be a different story but right now there's no one that kind of you know okay yeah I, and me, for really. you
0: you think that 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 nominee hasn't actually said i'm going to run yet right
2: yeah like like for me, that nominee is Joe Biden. That's the only candidate i see that kind of excites both sides of the Democratic Party, both like the progressives and more conservative uh, Democrats. Um, you hear young people all the time like, talking about if, um, how much they love Joe Biden, and especially because of his whole um, initiative on sexual assault and things like that. A lot of like the younger generation um, supports him for that reason, and kind of kind of sees him as um, a, a champion in that front. But also like he also can come off as being kind of like because your, of his cool, you know, guy that you can like go to, you know, go to the bar oh, yeah. with and have drinks with. And I feel like America a lot of times that like, connects to that, and I that's the only candidate that you know, progressives will support, even though I don't think he's progressive enough, but because of his um, initiatives that connect with millennials, I think that okay.
1: helps. All. Dan, you, do you agree with that? Uh, do you I, think
0: that Joe Biden is that nominee that can kind of meld the two parties together if he decides to run? And I think he may, but he may not. Do you think he's that that nominee?
1: Well, I don't think he would be a very popular because. Well, I don't think the reason he'd be popular would be because he can unite both um, parts of the Democratic Party. I do view mm-hmm. him as somebody who's his establishment, who he. Um, I I I agree with Manny that. That the thing that has that I forgot about was his initiative about um, about sexual assault. I think that's very important. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. see him as somebody who is progressive enough to to um, rally up the people who have been excited by Bernie Sanders. I I okay. do think he would be uh, if he were to run. He would immediately just out of name recognition alone um, get uh, a ton of the vote. Uh, a huge portion of it, uh, right. but I, I don't think he's ever and really I... spoken about his policies explicitly. So, mm-hmm. um, I do think... And you
2: have to realize that, and you have to realize that he's
1: part of the Obama That's what I was say. administration.
2: I yeah, I think that Obama... Which is considered, yeah, yeah the Obama administration uh, is considered to be this cool administration among the Democrats. So So I think he may may be able to
0: rise some of that legacy, maybe to connect with those voters that maybe they don't connect with him on purely progressive. Because I think any of these nominees, um, no matter who they are, if they run strictly on an establishment platform, um, the odds of them winning the nomination, I think, are low.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But they're going to have to compromise somewhere. And whoever decides to do that compromise is going to definitely pick up some progressive platforms. And I think that Joe Biden has the gravitas and the popularity within the party to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. If he decides to run, I think he definitely will be given a run for his money by Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris. I just don't see Elizabeth Warren getting enough of the black vote. That's her weakness at this point. Um, I've been reading a lot of articles about her and that seems to be her weakness for Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Warren is even though she can maybe connect with democratic voters, maybe even grab some of those progressives that she's not grabbing enough of black voters, kind of the same way it was with Bernie Sanders when he was running. Um, the, he was struggling to connect with black voters too. Uh, so I think that's, that's her Achilles heel. And I think if you have someone like Kamala Harris running, she's drawing a lot of those black votes away. Um,
1: because, away. Because I have another
0: question. Um, yeah, away from like Elizabeth. Warren oh, okay, in, okay. Like a primary. Uh, because because she's black, let's be real, I mean a lot of a lot of people vote not because of policies, they vote because of gender, race, uh, this person looks nice, this guy's tall, I mean, so you have those voters, and those voters will probably vote that way, and she probably is gonna really connect with the black community too uh what were you gonna ask them any? No, I was gonna ask you know, I felt that for the last election
2: um, it took a while. For Bernie Sanders to kind of start attacking Hillary Clinton, I'm not sure if it was fear of kind of like ruining her reputation so much that like it was gonna affect mm-hmm. her in the general election. So my question was gonna be like, do you guys think that um this time around in the primaries, Democrats are kind of are kind of gonna um you know attack each other? This time around, or are they gonna, you know, try keeping it safe in order not to ruin um, someone's reputation so much that it might affect them any general election, like a person that gets the nomination? I
1: I, I think that um, um, in the 2008 election, Obama and and Clinton went at each other. Um, Right now, I think what you're asking. Um, you know, who is willing to fight hard against the other people? I think they have to. You know, first off, you have to. I agree. You have to be. Uh, the Democrats have to be willing to kind of tear into each other, uh, make each other tough. I mean, because if you're not willing to, like, like if you're not willing to tear into each other, I don't think, I don't think you have to be. You should savage people like Trump, savage Jeb, um, Bush, but. <laughs> um i do think that they need to be willing to be tough because they're going to run up against trump unless uh, something catastrophic happens where he can't run for president um you know and who do i see leading a successful campaign against trump as far as uh, mudslinging goes i can i can kind of i can kind of see joe biden being able to have that sort of um, popularity among uh, at least among people who who look at memes and being able to if, I'm not sure he'd have to get a good PR team um, running to to try to deflect some of the things that uh, Trump would throw at him. Um, Warren could not do that. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. Pocahontas. She's already labeled
2: Pocahontas.
0: She's no, and, in the water.
2: and I mean, I do think
0: that there is
2: a concern if they kind of like ruin their reputation or kind of attack each other so much to the fact that uh, like it gives trump like talking points mm. to to ruin the person that runs against them so let's say if camilla if harris if things come out about camilla like, harris and the other candidates are exposing it in order to get the right. nomination but let's say camilla harris still gets the nomination then there is a concern that now trump has these talking points especially trump because trump i mean like that's his game like his game is to grab a person's weakness and and kind of and kind of expose it like every day through through the media Mm -hmm. and through twitter so i do think there is a concern i do believe that they should attack each other but at the same time um
0: i think trump would love that because we will give him some talking right, time. and and I I think was was probably going to happen. I think you're going to see, because uh, remember when Trump joined this whole thing, he was the, he was the basically the odd man out, the one that people weren't really giving much uh, a chance of winning. So he had nothing to lose essentially. So I think the ones that are really going to be coming for each other are going to be the ones that don't have much to lose in this in this race. Um, I think that's going to be like the Tulsi Gabbard's the. Um, Maybe Julian Castro, who basically are trying to make a name for themselves in the big big stage, but aren't really big yet. I think people like Kamala Harris um, and Kirsten Gillibrand and Elizabeth Warren go and attack each other on stuff, but maybe not go so much for the little person, um, or maybe they do just to get them out the race early well who knows, but I think what what was going to happen is um uh, I do think that these candidates are going to go for each other I think they, w- they may hold back but I think on certain things they're going to have to go for each other because it's the only way where they can kind of expose weaknesses and then that person can actually try to fix it before they go into say like a, a debate with President Trump where you know essentially um, all that matters is the memes that come after it and the buzz that people make about how you know how good uh, Trump made them or how bad Trump made them look on stage I mean, that's essentially what happened with the last year. One thing, and one thing, like, I am excited
2: for this time around is the fact that we have so many candidates that are running for the Democratic mm-hmm. Party. Uh, last time it, I mean, I know in the last election, I think there was technically, what, like, seven or and six? And nobody remembers them. But, I, and I, no I one remembers remember them. Anyone, the whole and, time, there was yeah, two people. Yeah, only
0: remembers Bernie and Hillary.
2: Yeah, like there's only two people and like I feel that it's healthy to have more options to choose from and more talking points to listen from rather than listening to two people who by the way one was more of an establishment Democrat and the other one was really progressive but now we might hear from, from people who are an establishment or a progressive but at the same time might be a combination of both
0: of those things so so i'm gonna hear from both of you which way do you think the democratic go, party goes going forward do you think that they go more progressive or do you think that they go um more establishment less progressive do you think they go more progressive or less progressive growing into
2: the general election i think in order for them to win, they should go conservative. And I think they will, more like establishment and leaning towards um, the conservative mm-hmm. side because this country is not ready. This country as a whole is not ready to go um, progressive. so far yeah. to the left. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's the reason why people voted for Trump and, and the fact that Um, the Senate is still Republican half the country is not ready to go in that direction so I feel like Democrats should um,
0: put the brakes on a bit and not go that far left yet yet okay so you think you think they should buy their time and then go left well
2: I mean not necessarily I mean it might be the healthiest thing just to Mm -hmm. stay you know more less
0: left if that makes right. any sense um, but don't you think that like force? don't you think that change only comes like if you basically force it through like instead of saying wait, wait well, I mean, yeah. don't you think you have to kind of just go for it well but the thing is the thing is
2: it's yeah if, if 50% of the country was for it but we live in a country where there's two mm-hmm. sides And unfortunately, in order to win elections, we do need to cater to some of the things of the other side. Like, that's the reality of it. If not, we'll never win. Or we'll never win for a long period of time. Because um, we can't force people who have a certain belief system to then switch automatically and, and go so far left. I feel like it's something that they have to... Um,
0: it's something bring that, that the brain bit by bit,
2: and not just force upon. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, like, half the country is pretty conservative still, in my opinion. So you can't expect um twenty percent of those fifty percent to just switch and become, you know, socialists and things like that. Like you need to gradually, um, gradually bring it
1: introduce like these ideas to okay. these people. daniel yeah. how about you well i think that we can go a smidge left um i think that you you got to see some of the bipartisan accomplishments that trump has has gone through and um latch on to those one specific thing that comes to mind is prison reform sentencing reform um uh, i i definitely think that if uh there are some things that we can work on without offending uh people on the right too far you know Things like prison reform, sentencing reform, um, things that uh, have affected uh, minorities in the past. As far as um, redlining is concerned, um, there's another thing: uh, drugs. I I do believe is getting uh, more of a popular issue, especially because uh, um, conservative America is being is has an epidemic of certain. Um, be epidemic yep all of that mm-hmm. is it would be relevant uh, to talk about. I also think that um there another thing that doesn't require you to another thing I don't think that um would offend a conservative so much is um protecting peop, uh, con- protecting consumers as far as pharmacy goes um like there's parts of right. that... big pharma uh, and the big, big prices that they that they do for for medications or stuff like that yeah because as far as um uh, so as far as a healthcare system there are many things that we can work on that isn't just giving medicaid uh medicare for all people i think that mm-hmm. those are things that democrats should work hard toward um i i i am worried about a swing to the right after the swing to the left if if we go too hard right but or, or too hard left um i think that uh, really cracking down on big pharma would be important, and cracking down on big banks would be important. I'm saddened that that uh, environmental policy is somehow divisive. We have to actually lay it out and see what sort of companies does this affect. Um,
0: it would affect basically like all companies because all companies are putting some form of pollution into um,
1: into the into the
0: atmosphere. I think the going forward, uh, you know, people are looking to how can we reduce that. Um, and and be cost effective for the for the most part. I mean, um, there are industries that are going to fight back because, of course, they're they're threatened by it directly, like oil companies and so forth. But uh, but one thing I do want to want to point out is you you said there there maybe the the Democrats can move left without offending um, Republicans. And um, but do you think that perhaps that you have to go to those places in order to get change done? To go to places that may offend. Uh, conservative Republican tendencies uh in order to get positive change in the country? What do you mean by go to those? Or vice versa or vice versa. Like for example, with this administration, do you think that it's okay for them to perhaps go to offensive places that may off- offend democratic sensibilities in order to get things done to, or make positive change?
1: Hmm. Well, I am I'm, I'm, I'm not sure because let's say, um, if we work hard, if you go too far right too far left, uh, mm-hmm. you, you run the risk of polarizing a nation. Um, right. So let's say Trump has gone um, really far right with immigration, uh, especially with this wall situation. Um, he... Um, the only thing I can see, if, if people were reasonable right now, the only thing that I could see come out of it is a compromise that, um, like for a wall and, and for DACA amnesty. So, um, picking the specific example to really give a more general answer, um, I think maybe wanting something, um, I guess if you want to go um, left on an issue. Uh, I think mm-hmm. maybe one of the better ways to get what you want is letting um, some policy go right as far as a compromise is concerned. But this is now speaking about somebody who's already in president, who's already the president wants, implements a policy. Um, I guess if you want to go, um, I think it, it has to balance itself out, to be honest. If you're going to go hard left or hard right, you need to offer the other side something else unless unless you want them to become resentful. and and um, and want to um, change all the policies to go hard right or hard left. All right, So, okay, I just want to th- I
0: want to thank uh, Daniel uh, and Manny for joining us today to talk about the um, current crop of Democrats who are stepping up to for the Democratic nomination for president uh, in t- 2020. I want to thank you all for listening. This has been the second episode of Couch Politics.